All right, here we go. Uh, we are speaking with uh, Derek Day and, of course, the one and only Vernon Reed. Uh, bonjour, gentlemen. Welcome to Montreal, actually. I'm I'm in Canada. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And, uh, Derek, I got to say, you know, I got the, uh, the email that says, you want to talk to Derek? And I went, okay, I don't really know who he is, but, yeah, I'd love to. Because uh, I checked out your video, Click On Me. And that thing is just phenomenal. It's a great song. So uh, just let, let me just start with that and putting out a single. Is it part of a larger album or is it, are you just sort of working, you know, so focusing on singles for now? Uh, at the moment, just singles, just because, well, we have some songs in the tank. Actually, me and Vernon went into the studio last year, actually maybe two years ago now, and right. um, recorded a bunch of tunes and, there is a potential for an EP, but really, at this moment, we're just kind of feeling it out with singles. Mm-hmm. And talk to me yeah. about that quick, Vernon. In terms of, of a game plan for 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 a, I'm going to call you a young kid because you know I'm, I'm thank over, you because I'm over fifty. Hey. No, but but is that sort of the game plan these days? Because you know when when Cult of Personality and when Living Color came out, you had to have an album, you had to have the MTV yeah. thing, you had to have the radio edit. You had, I mean, it, it was a whole ball of wax now can you sort of just do one song at a time and just stay in the fans ears like once every two months once every three months i think so i think i think the strategies now i mean the strategies are all over the map i mean you know you can say somebody could do something on instagram and become a sensation or it could happen through via youtube um radio still is a factor um and so the thing about click on me is that it's a song actually about the internet. It's about this thing that we're all negotiating. And because of the pandemic, we're, we're forced to spend even more time. So when we wrote it, I mean, obviously the internet and the web had taken up a lot of our time and space, but now it's even more so. So, um, you know, we have the videos out and people are discovering the song and and people are connecting to it and that's um since it's not so much tied to an album release thing it's almost like thinking about that long tail that people are always talking about yeah. is that you know i think this single could have a long life even as we're releasing as derek is releasing other songs you know songs that he's worked on and the songs that i've also produced and i have a, such a strong feeling for derek and his ability to connect and his ability to really transmit his boundless enthusiasm for rock and roll and for life. I mean, that's the thing, aside from him being a very impressive guitarist and being a very impressive vocalist, the thing about it is, the is for me, about Derek Day is the spirit that's animating what he does. He is one of the most positive and genuine people uh, I've artists I've met in a long time, and I would say that whether he was on the line or not, um, and you know I connect to him because his feeling for for what music is is so it's it's kind of like of course he's ambitious, of course he wants to make it and all that, but his feeling for music is not that's not what's making that happen with him. So I'm, I really fully believe, firmly believe that who he is along with his skill set, is going to be what's going to, you know, um, 
have a lot of people um, be attracted to him and connect to him. Yeah, listen, I'll I'll, I'll be frank. I, I was so uh, I, well, I'm not I'm not going to say attracted to him, but I was so enthralled by that song. Well, not I actually that way. Not, not that way. Well, not but, that way. But hey, I actually, hey, I actually hey, subscribe hey, to his I, channel. I subscribe hey, to his channel hey, because hey, I want, I want the more, right, I want more let's, stuff. Let's, 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 hey, hey. <laughs> I know, I know, not that way. <laughs> no, but no, but I, I, I like the song so much. I subscribe to the channel. I figured I, I want to see what else is coming up. Um, but Derek, let me ask you about that because, you know, as a youngster trying to make it into the music business. You look at what, you know, The Weeknd is doing or what Post Malone is doing or what Drake is doing. And, and it's very, very different than the rock and roll of 1980. I mean, it's not Poison. It's not Rat. It's not. Why do you want to go down the road of rock and roll guitar? And what excites you about the instrument instead of trying to do the whole loops and the things and the why? Why the guitar? Why a rock and roll guitarist? Well, you know, those artists you brought up are actually kind of leaning toward rock and roll a little bit like post is kind of doing well he does, does those heavy with... metal shows every so often he's he's the greatest by the way oh yeah he's a badass and like you know <laughs> you would bump into him at the rainbow bar and grill when it was open and and like <laughs> it's just weird it's like uh and yeah like the weekend's kind of doing this mj thing and like everyone's kind of throwing it back right now uh musically of course um but man like uh, uh the, the rock i mean i just I don't really think about it as a uh, a strategy or a move or anything, but I do think it's something that like I'm longing to hear. You know, like Paul Stanley said about Kiss, he was like, "We wanted to be a band that we wanted to see." You know, I just want to see this. I felt like I was getting gypped every time I bought a ticket. I saw these dudes like performing rock and roll shows that weren't really sick, and like we wanted. That's why we created Kiss. We went above and beyond. Not that I'm saying I'm, go I'm doing that. I'm just saying, like, I really want to hear this right now. Right. I really want to. So that's my instinct. I just want to, like, go ahead and, like, plug into a, you know, a big old amp and, you know, and then maybe add some, like, tiny synthesizers or whatever. But, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just a feeling, you know. I think, and I think a lot of people are kind of hungry for it. As you can see, like, all those dudes, like you mentioned, yeah. kind of going back, going back to drums, real drums and real guitars and real, oh, hey. real keyboards. What a, what a concept, right? It's not, it's not it's not out of a box anymore. Uh, Vernon, yeah. Vernon, what, talk to me about wanting to work with a young artist because, you know, you're at this stage in your career where you, you could just go play the 15 greatest hits every night. You could... You, you know, you can you know, show up at an Aerosmith show and do a guest spot. I mean, what excites you about going back and, and getting a young kid and, and hearing how he plays and, and just saying, yeah, OK, I can work with this. Um, the thing for me is with seeing young artists uh, coming up, I, I want to see if people are connecting to what it is about music. You know, uh, the thing for me Music so animated me in my life, even before I was a musician. It really meant there's so many emotions. There's so many different feelings. There's so many. It's so powerful. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, pop music, rock and roll music, soul music, blues music, jazz music. There's something so ineffable. If I, you know, I occasionally use big words, but there's something okay. so ineffable. I know them. I know them. <laughs> about what that is and um what i'm constantly looking for with artists and, and and really whoever they are wherever they come from whatever packaging they have i'm looking for that 
that unspeakable thing, that thing that's like, this person is doing the thing that they would be doing in their bedroom anyway. They're doing this thing that nobody understands it, but they have to do it. They're doing that thing that makes me go, damn, I wish I thought of that. Or they're doing that thing like, man, this is like a tune I've always heard, right? Like the first time I heard blowing in the wind, as a child, I didn't have the idea. I thought it was a song that always existed. The idea that a person actually wrote that song, that a Bob Dylan wrote that song, I was like, wow. I, I thought it was like a song like, uh, you know, like uh, House of the Rising Sun, which is a traditional tune, or a song like uh, Trouble in Mind. You know, nobody knows who first came up with Trouble in Mind. Or Whiskey in um, a Jar. Or, you know. or Whiskey in a Jar, or all these things. Or Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. Like the songs that are, or say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Like songs that just connect to something deep. And artists that, whether they're instrumental artists or whether they're vocalists or a combination that connect to that thing. And whether they're doing it, they do it over and over again, like a Stevie Wonder, or whether they do it one time, like a Timmy Thomas, there's still something that makes it happen. Like the well, first time I heard Black Dog, it, I jumped out of my skin. You know, the first time I heard Are You Experienced, I jumped out of my skin. You know, the first time I heard Hot Pants, I jumped out of my skin. And so it's it's kind of like all the different musics are one music in my mind. And what I'm thinking about when I hear people, I want to do they connect to that source that all music comes from? And Derek is a person that connects, in, in my opinion, is a person that connects to where all music comes from. And that's what I look like for in terms of working with artists and the idea of producing one of the things for me is is i really understand the dilemma you know because i've been on all sides of it um i've been on the up and coming i've been on the oh shit we got to do our next record you know i've been on the all the, you know is this going to be a single i've been on the various i just want to do something different i've been on various sides of the artistic dilemma you know like how do i bring something into the world and at the same time get out of the way of what I'm bringing some into the world. That's the, I think the producer's role is, it's kind of like, you know, not to, not to mansplain or, you know, but it's almost like midwifery. It's like helping something be born, but getting out of the way and helping the artist get out of the way because the song or the songs have a life of their own. You know, that, that's very interesting. I'm going to take you up on that for a second, because you look at some of the producers that I grew up on, Mutt Lang, Bob Ezrin, etc. They really control the process. I mean, I've always said that Kiss and Alice Cooper didn't make Kiss and Alice Cooper records. They made Bob Ezrin solo records, but they were playing on it, you know. And Mutt Lang is just very meticulous, as we know. Mm-hmm. How do you see the, the, the whole producer role? Because you, you sort of said right there, you got to step back and let it happen, but... Do you want to be in control? Do you want to say this is how it's going to go and, and, and impose your vision? Or what is the role of a producer? It's a philosophical question. It's really, it is. It's, 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 it's it actually is. about, it is actually, interestingly enough, it's the idea that if I control all parts of this and analyze all parts of it, that I will, in the end, produce the, the commercial result that is required. This is also analogous to movies. Um, 
I think the philosophy of of, of a Brian Eno is very different than the philosophy of a Mutt Lang. You know, right. I think that the you know I think there's a certain amount of the happy accident. Well, you know, you could sweat over a snare drum sound, and you could bring in a thousand snares, and at the end of the day, the audience hears a snare drum, and and maybe the first snare drum you put up is the same as the thousandth snare drum. But for your process, you need to go through all of that and torture the drummer, right? <laughs> well, it's a, it's you know, a... and so and so and so. I mean, and really, it's kind of like: Do you believe in a monotheistic God who's controlling everything, or do you believe that everything is it's, is is this is this thing we call life? Is it a happening that nobody's ever going to have the answer? They're not going to have the. They didn't have the answer a thousand years ago. And trust me, whatever technology they have, and that includes downloading your consciousness into a synthesized body, they're not going to have the answer a thousand years from now. <laughs> to be or not to be is a hell of a question because to be or not to be was a question asked centuries ago, and we haven't come up with the answer for it yet. So that's some true. people wanted wanted to say, you know, they that that's how they do it. You know, they do it and they and all the markings on the piece of paper and everyone has to do what they do and they have to produce the music that way. And that's valid. Or they just hum a tune and suddenly it catches fire. They hum a simple tune like a don't worry, be happy. And it, it sets the world on fire. So both things are valid. It's who you are. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Gary Katz or a Mutt Lang. I, I mean, I like the idea of being aware and being open. And being with an artist, you know, half your work, like the Svengali thing, like I'm going to take Fabian and make Fabian a thing. Well, Fabian is like a game show answer, right? Like Fab Fabian um, is not Buddy Holly, right? How do you get the Buddy Holliness out into the world? How do you get that thing into the world such that people experience Buddy Holly, the way you that you experience Buddy. I want people to experience Derek Day, the way I experienced Derek Day. Now Derek Day is a now Derek is a terrific vocalist and a terrific guitarist, and he could be micromanaged to death. He could be, and and he might get a result at the end because he's really good. But that's not my interest. My interest is in the raw awesomeness of what Derek Day is. So. Am I like. wrong for that? No. Nope. You know, a mutt, a mutt lang, a mutt lang could say, you know what, we're gonna go and we're gonna grind it out, and we're gonna get all the snare drums, we're gonna bring in all the amps, and we're gonna do all of that. And you know, Derek is talented, so it's gonna be dope. But that's not what that's not what interests me at all. And um, many different, you know, let a thousand schools of thought contend to quote Mao, if I will, if I be maybe so bold. Yes, uh, listen. I'm I'm of the school uh, the school of thought that you know I like like the first Black Sabbath record. It take, took them whatever nine hours or nine days in and out. Off we go, and here we are fifty years later, and we still love it. That that's I like that. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, think, what's so funny about that is that Black Sabbath record. The records are. You know what's incredible? How much louder records are. Holy shit! Like. Black Sabbath, that Black Sabbath record, you have to go and turn up your stereo. Now, it's well mixed, so it sounds great loud, but it's not brick walled at all, right? So now we've been in the loudness arms race 
Well, well, well really that's the that's the new way so, of making so records. So, Crank so everything. Interesting. What's interesting to me is, and I don't even want to name names of bands, but there's a lot of bands, for me, that's using Pro Tools, the same way. It's loud. It's clean. The vocalists. There's no dynamics though. There's no and dynamics. The vocalists, the vocalists have this kind of wheedling. I, I call it a wheedling, almost whining emotionalism. That, you know, it's it's uh, kind of like I'm pissed off and I'm also a victim. That's what I hear, right? You're right. And, and, and what I'm what I'm really not hearing is a Chris Cornell. You know, I'm right. not hearing. Of, I'm, I, you know, honest. I'm not hearing a Lane Staley. I'm yeah. not. I'm. I'm not hearing a Corey Glover. I'm biased because I'm in a band with him. I'm yeah, not. Hearing, the dude. The dude's amazing. I'm Corey's not, amazing. I'm not hearing an Angelo Moore. I'm not hearing yeah. an HR. I'm. You know. I'm. I'm hearing, like, the industry has standards, and I hear bands mm-hmm. who are really talented. They. 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 They, they are. It, exceptional musicians and they're all adhering to almost a single standard right well, uh, there's a singular vision for a lot of the music and and you know listen i'm not hearing my robin zanders anymore the the, the man of a thousand voices let, let, Derek, let me ask you this real quick what do you look for in a producer like vernon like what do you want to take away from working with him and knowing him and meeting him do you just want to 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 sort of live off of his experience do do you want to you know what does he bring to your game well god damn vernon just blew my mind just now i know (laughs) i know as you can see like i mean there's boundless like uh, endless knowledge from vernon and so i mean for me it's like i mean i totally agree with like Man, that, that I mean, hold on, I just gotta catch my breath real quick because you're like, woo, talking about existence. But anyway, the, the I mean, I just want to like say like, I mean, I uh, when we were working together, I was I tried my best to be present and just to be there with Vernon and be with him because it's like that's the most you can but, do. But I do you want a, a producer to hold your hand through the process, or do you want to have that give and take and say, whoa, I'm the artist, this is my vision, let's capture my... Like, what do you want when you're working with Vernon, or a producer? I definitely want Vernon, or a producer, but m- mainly Vernon, to have the... Uh, I, I guess you. I could say, like, the hands on the wheel. I want... I trust him to take me there, because he's right. We... I get so in my own head. I get so in my own world. I focus on these little things that aren't really what it's about. You know, there's that. I remember in the studio, there was like when we we're doing vocals for Click On Me, he was like, all right, do that again. But like, you know, like it's like we we're trying to find more of an emotion rather than the like the tone at, at some points, certain points, you know, like we're trying to catch like that vibe. Well, and well, you don't think about that. But a song has to has to connect with you on an emotional level. And, and that means you know, happy birthday makes you feel happy and a sad song. I mean, that's, you have to capture that. That, that to me, is, is the essence of it, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Exactly. So it's like, you know, like I'm here coming in like, I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I just like love, I love everything Vernon did because it's just like, it really was just all about, it was pretty easy, I think, when we were recording it. It was pretty fluid. I think we're kind of like, 
when you're on the same page with your producer, I have like no disagreements like the whole time. And I was actually kind of like, damn, like this is like easier than I thought it was. So it's just like, I feel like it's finding the right producers is a key thing. Finding the right friend and like, you know, kindred spirit. I feel like we're just kind of like, boom, we want this. We Boom. And when you're on the same page, you hit it right on the hit. hit yeah. Guy, oh, yeah. And, and that <laughs> click on me is great. Let, let, let me ask you this, uh, Vernon, in terms of creativity, there's there, there must be a difference, I'm assuming, between creating a song, playing a song and getting on stage and and I'm just going to keep saying Cult of Personality because I, I love that song, Beyond Death, um, to producing somebody and having their... Is it the same sort of creative um, energy that you get? It, does, does it excite you as much? Are they, are they the same thing and you're just an artist and you create differently? Or are they two different beasts and, and do you prefer one over the other? Well, I learned so much about producing with spending my time with Ed Stasium in the studio um, for Vivid and really with him and Paul Hammingson and the way, because, you know, Ed Stasium was also a master engineer and the way Paul, the way he interacted with Paul, the way, you know, he was able to take ideas I had and translate them technically. And um, it was, it was just very, the way he would get excited about a take or the way he would, I was there for the vocal sessions and you know, how he would have Corey do a vocal again and again, it would be, it was like, and, and in, in the end he would get the, the precise take. So there is a certain amount of being focused, but you know, you don't want to worry it to death. Um, and a lot of people do when they get the, you know, I mean, there's an art to, punching in every word and making it sound like it's one continuous thing. But, you know, the old school thing was there. We didn't even have, they didn't even have tracks. You know, you, you had to get the performance. You had to get the performance. And one of the things for click on me, like my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the song click on me is when Derek goes, I want to go viral. And, and the reason that is, is that, if you listen to I, I Want to Go Viral, he almost sounds like a spoiled troll. You know? Yeah. He sounds like a he sounds like a spoiled kid who's never been denied anything. And that I, I, my thought was I want him to in to to invoke, evoke this kind of disembodied hungry desire. There's this hungry desire to be this ineffable, this thing that no one can control. And he so delivered on that line. I'm always, I listen to it, I'm always waiting for this one particular moment because he, to me, in that moment, embodies part of the function and dysfunction. You know, so like part of what it is, is finding that moment. Like when Corey goes, look in my eyes, what do you see? That first line is crucial. That's the invitation. That line, is about so much. Absolutely. And and one of the things about that process was and and it wasn't a whole lot of takes to get it, but but Ed was very focused on getting each line to work. And that line is it's like a long time ago in a galaxy far away. There's a thing that that brings you into the story of the song. And that's the that's the thing. And and for me you know, Derek, so, I mean, 
there, there's so much about how he's emotional as 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 a singer, and then he just is also a kick-ass guitar player. So it's it's real. It's a you know because I've always I've said I've always compared him a bit to the late great Tommy Bolin, you know who played uh, who played with the James Gang. Mm. Actually, he you know played, what? Uh, I was trying to think figure out who Derek looked like, and I was thinking, does he look like Nuno Bentoncourt? But he does sort of look like Tommy Bolin, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like, dude, this guy reminds who is the wrong man. So, yeah. like, you know, and he's one of my hero guitar players from back in yeah. the day. And but, at at the same time, vocally, I, I go, dude, dude, he's like, there's a bit of the Jeff Buckley thing, it, and it was scary to me, right? So, part of the, the joy of working with Derek is that he, just by being himself, he's all he's like two of my favorite people. But he's himself, so it's, it's perfect. It's kind of it's kind of a wild thing. So it's it feels like, you know, like I'm the, there's the mentoring thing of just saying, hey man, you know, giving a certain amount of of quote unquote advice. But there's also like a feeling of kind of awe and being honored to work. You know what I mean? Like it's a mutual. Yeah, it's, of course. It's, you can learn from Derek just as much as he can learn from it's, you. It's, Absolutely. It's, deeply, it's really very mutual. So um, I, I want to ask you, you this because we were talking about the whole uh, recording process and uh, Alan Niven, who used to manage Guns N' Roses, co-hosts all these episodes with me uh, mm-hmm. generally. And he always says that you have to, the, the, the perfection is in the imperfection. And mm-hmm. even if it it's not, you know, the, it's not perfectly whatever, if you've captured that emotion and you've captured that, you keep it. Is that something that you agree with? That if if the you know if the snare drum's not perfect or the vocal's just a little bit harsh, but it captures something, it captures a spirit. Do you do you keep that? Is there is there a perfection in the well, imperfection? Yeah, absolutely. But you have to be completely intentional. That's the thing. Oh, that. Yeah. Sorry, Vernon. I was Go literally ahead. just thinking that of that exact thing, like. Your producing style is so intentional, like in an indescribable way. If I was, because I was thinking of the previous question you asked me, I was like, "Damn it, how to ask or answer that?" But like, I don't. I'm, well, I don't jump in any time. But, but man, like, it just feels so intentional without any of all the, you know, minute minutia, kind of like, you know, tweet, you know, constant, you know, digging. It's, but there's this like inner intention, like mm, no or yes, that's it. You know, like when you got it, you got it, boom, kind of thing. But anyway, yeah. no, Vernon, continue, please. Yeah, and, no, so, and, and so like working uh, with with Thomas Johansson, you know, was our engineer. Right. You yes. know, he was he was he was he was fantastic to work with. You know, because he yes. also was he was very creative in suggestions and whatnot. But he was also he didn't make it about him you know what i'm saying and that's the thing about the producer engineer if you're working with an engineer like you want someone who's technically on the case but also is creative who can solve problems who can solve issues without a whole lot of rigmarole because the rigmarole is well you bring in things that you bring in things about other things or you bring in other emotions about other things and and thomas was very present and it was it was a, a joy to work with him, and that's and it made working with Derek and the band really easy. And part of the thing is also kind of um, encouraging, being encouraging, like encouraging, like man, we're here. This is great. These tunes are great. You know, like if you go in when you're not 
really so sure about the tunes and you're hoping to make it happen in the studio. See, there's a lot of work that has to happen before you're actually making the thing. And, and, and in some cases, people use the studio as a writing tool because they, they're too distracted in their everyday life, so they want to go in. There's a, that puts a lot of pressure on the studio environment. That's why the studio environment can become a deeply dysfunctional because a lot of the other work hasn't happened. Now, if you're with people who, a band, if you will, and, and they at least, either their dysfunctions work together or they're functional, you know, you, you can risk it. But seriously, I prefer like certain decisions to have been made beforehand. Even if the tunes are like, well, we're not so sure about the court, whatever. But the, the, what, the vibe of it, the groove of it, you know, it, it needs to be in a place where if you decide to take a left turn, the tune can handle it. If you decide to speed up the tempo Absolutely. or slow down the tempo or change the key, the tune itself can bear the stress of changes. Like one of the things about Cult of Personality, you know, like when we played it in CBGBs, we used to use the the bridge as like almost an intro before we got to the riff. And when and one of the things that, that Ed said was, you know what, man? We're going to do the sample and go straight to the riff. Like we're not doing the... You know what I mean? The the bridge chords as an intro was kind of like almost like a yes thing. We're not doing that. We're gonna go right to the meat of it. And at first I hemmed it hard and I was like, okay, let's do it. And it was it was exactly the thing that needed to happen. But the tune itself was able to withstand those kind of changes. And that's the thing about what we when we went into work, we had already did that. His band was tight. It was it was just about making the tunes come to life. And it, it was uh it was it was like it was a process, but it was a it was a it was a joyful process. Hey, listen, yeah. a good song is a good song, and, and I'll tell you this: you know, as as somebody who reports and, and I hear a lot of new bands and a lot of new stuff, there's just when you hear somebody who's got it, you just know it. And Derek, you've got it. You, you know, you, you when you see, and I, and I'm going back to the '80s, but when you saw Madonna the first time, you just went. Yeah, she's different. And when you saw Lady Gaga the first time, you know, you go, yep, she's different. And I'm getting that sense from you because, again, I clicked on the video. I didn't know what to expect. And I just, I was mesmerized. And I went, yeah, that kid's got it. And I I see a long, prosperous career for you. I really do. Uh, it's it's one of these intangibles. And Vernon, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've seen a I bunch do. of people at bars and a bunch of people. And every so often you look at some guy and you go, yep, that's the one. You know, so I did a, I, I was an MD for a show in a tribute to Chuck Berry. Yes, we which he played at. This, and, he, and we were, were at uh, Lincoln Center in the park for Lincoln Center. And, and a lot of there were a lot of high points and Derek's tune was Nadine. And I, and I, and I, and he, the crowd, this New York crowd, they don't know anything about Derek day. And I, and I said, when the interest said, this is a young man you're going to be hearing a lot from. And Derek came on and he tore the place up. He was so in the rock and roll vernacular. He was so, and I'm, playing and I'm watching the crowd and I see the crowd being convinced. I see the crowd 
going, you know what I mean? By the time he goes, Nadine, is, honey, is that you? They're ready to say yes. And that's what it is. And that's, yeah, the, yeah Derek, listen, uh, when, you, when you've been around long enough, you can spot the real ones. And, and you're the real one. I mean, you're, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, I could go on for, for another whatever, but we've already reached half an hour. So why don't we do a second one when the next video comes out? Because uh, I'm going to back this horse. You know, I'm backing this horse. I like it. Uh, Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. And we we will be happy to come on because this is a story. This is an unfolding story. Believe that. Yeah, and I just, I, go ahead. I just want to say I'm, I'm so humbled to just be here and talking to you guys. I have you know a lot of you know. I'm just so I have I'm grateful to even just be experiencing this right now with you guys. And so the fact that you. We're just, you know, talking music and uh, hanging out. Like we're now, we're friends, Mitch. Yeah. We're friends. Yeah. Well, this is the way it should be. This is the way it should be. This is what rock and roll was back in the day, and then it got so corporate and so. Oh. But this is what this, yeah. this is the spirit. Really, really, it is, and especially like I don't even want to get into contemporary news items, but you know, there's so much. We're living with so many shadowy, dark scenarios now and to, to to work with someone who really um and we all have our shadows but to to work with someone who so is life positive and is so filled with love for complete strangers i gotta tell you it's it's the way you know it this this dude is is one of the people that's going and i ain't gonna gas his head up because i don't want him to change a thing but that this guy is one of the people that's going to save this this idiom, save rock and roll from itself. Believe me when I say it. Yeah, and and it, it's nice to have a refreshing shot in the arm. Honestly, uh, you know, listen. Every summer we can go out, we can see the Def Leppard tour, and we can see the the Motley Crue tour, and we can see the Metallica tour. But I'm looking forward to the Derek Day tour, just because it needs a refresh. Not that I don't love those other bands, I do, but he needs a refresh. And I need to see Living Color again. It's been yeah, God. Yeah. I don't. I don't even remember the last time you came to Montreal. We, I uh, know, soon and very soon, man. You know, once <laughs> once we uh, you know, once we get this uh, scenario. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking that things are going to be different on the other side. But we, as a species, we need to connect, and we need these ritual spaces where we connect and maybe we'll have to figure that out but we actually do need it and uh, and i believe it's all going to come back however different it is it's coming back but you know and i'm going to leave you on this but through every major event whether it was the spanish flu or world war ii or vietnam what it, what comes out after is always innovation and new hope and a moving forward and this sucks right now, but I think in two, three, four years, we're going to see all kinds of new technologies. These Skypes are going to be a lot better. The live streams are going to be better. There's going to be new medicine. There's going to be new this, new... You know, we have to be patient, but yeah, the other well, side... This is also opportunity. I mean, actually, here's the other weird thing about this. You know, as terrible as this is, this is, strangely enough, the, the level of opportunity for new technologies is off the charts. Innovation. The, level of the level of opportunity in the middle of all what this is, is redonkulous. And the people that step up, 
You know what I mean? And the people that step up with boldness are going to win. I fully yeah. agree. And uh, on that, uh, as we say in Montreal, merci, monsieur. Thank you very much, Derek. Click on me, folks, is on YouTube right now. Vernon, your stuff has just, it was, it was, it was a game changer back in the day because it, it, it broke that mold and it was fantastic. Uh, merci. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mitch. Absolutely. Great talking. You too. Let me just stop.